0: You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. All right, you bet your Bible ought to just fall open to Romans chapter 6 at this point. Uh, we have been in Romans for quite a while and it uh, looks like we're going to be there for quite a while. Uh, boy, this has just been a great study. We talked about last week how vitally important it is to see and to understand God's plan for salvation. We can't just see one part of God's plan for salvation. We have to see God's plan of salvation. We talked about that. We talked about last week the, the past, the present, and the future tense of the word salvation. And, and if you major on any one scripture, if you take out any one small section of scripture and that's all you read, that's all you study, and that's all you preach, grave error is going to happen. So we, we've got to see the total picture here. Yes, absolutely. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished and he died, the penalty for sin was paid for. Absolutely. The penalty for sin was paid for by God's grace. There wasn't one thing that anybody did. There wasn't one thing that anybody did to deserve that. It was God's grace. But before you preach and live... Like all sin is forgiven, so just go out here and do whatever you want to do because all sin is forgiven, it's finished, it's a paid-for debt. Now, you just go live however you want to live. Before you preach that, we need to read on. Chapter 6 of Romans, let's get going. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. So he died. He died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, should we keep on sinning? Verse one, you know, there are just There's so many preachers. There's so many churches that I want to read verse 1 to. Verse 2. Of course not. I mean, I don't know how we're missing this except we want to just feel good about or justify where we want to live in the flesh. But the church, since its beginning since the beginning since since the new testament was written since romans was written since james was written the, the the church has always had a difficult time understanding how that god loves the sinner but hates sin we we just have a hard time with that because we just feel like if we hate sin, if we stand against sin, then somehow we're standing against or hating that person. And we've got to make an, a, a differentiation. We've got to understand this, how God can love the sinner but still hate the sin. We can't seem to get that. Too many on Facebook think that to respond to their friend's post with, what you're doing is wrong. They, they just can't respond that way because that's somehow rejecting them. That's somehow making a, a wall where our friendship is concerned. And, and And how to be able to say, I love you, but what you're doing is wrong. That's not my opinion. That's God's opinion. I love you, I love you. I reach out to you. I want to continue to have a friendship and a relationship with you, but what you are doing is sin. Now, we we can't seem to pull that together. Then we're saying, oh, that's just being intolerant. Well, what you need to know is God is not tolerant of continual sin, God's not tolerant. So why would I have to be tolerant? God's not tolerant of continual sin, yet he with open arms will run to the center to draw you back in to relationship with him. I love you. I'm concerned about you, but what you're doing is not acceptable. What you're doing is not blessable. I can love you. I can pray for you without agreeing with your sin. And we just... Some reason we can't pull that off. I just have to agree with your sin, pat you on the back, give you the thumbs up, give you the smiley face. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I saw this is not the way we handle this. Well, Tim, God loves everybody. Well, then, do we keep on sinning so God can show more grace? Verse 2 Of course not. We, we don't keep on sinning. Now, write this down. It is not okay to keep on sinning so you can see more of God's grace. Now, we got to write that down. But we have to write this down. Absolutely, we see God's wonderful grace. Because of his grace, I have now died to sin. How can you continue to live in it? Uh, A story that I heard years ago and I whether it's true or not, I don't know But it's a story anyway. A southern woman was madly in love with her husband for many, many years. He being much older died and she could not bear the separation. So she embalmed him, sat him fully dressed in his chair and put a glass case around him. Talked with him every day. Although he was dead, she kept a relationship with him. Well, as time went by, one day she went to Europe for a one-month trip. While she was in Europe, she fell in love with a guy and got married. Didn't tell him about everything on the plane ride home, getting their bags, and they walked into her house, and to say the least, there was a shock. Well, you see, it's like this. The new husband suggested that we bury the dead. The point is, we bury dead. We don't embalm it and keep it around and keep a relationship with it. That's what we're talking about right here. This is the part of salvation that much of modern Christianity today is totally missing. When you come to Jesus, there is a death. And you've you got to understand that. Oh, just come to Jesus, fine. Oh, it's great. Oh, you're going to love it. Oh, he just opens arms. Jesus loves you. He accepts you. Everybody just come to Jesus. You've you got to understand. When you come to Jesus, there is a death. Where you die to your old nature. You die to who you used to be. You die to the thoughts you had, the entertainment you had, the lifestyle that you had. There is a death that takes place. And we're selling Jesus today as a buffet line where you get a little of what you want as you go down the line of life, a little of this. Ooh, yeah, I'll have a little of this. Give me a little scoop of this over here. And Christianity is not, now I go to church occasionally when I feel like it. That's not Christianity. Christianity is not doing some volunteering when you get around to it. See, Christianity is not reading a daily devotional thought for the day before you leave the house. See, Christianity is not finding a hip church where your friends go to. That's not being saved. That's not what being a Christian is all about. Come to Jesus and there is a death. There is a death. Many of you would say if I ask you, Tim, friends that I used to have wouldn't even recognize me today. I am so dramatically changed. I am my life is so different than what it used to be. I am a new creature. I am a new creation. That, that, is the, that is what salvation is all about. Verse two, we have died to sin. And look, we join Christ in death, in burial, and then resurrection in a new life. Verse three and four. Don't forget we joined Jesus in baptism. And we talk about this. When we do baptism... That is an outward physical example for everybody to see the proclamation that I'm making. I am climbing into this water. I am dying to myself. And see, I'm buried. I'm going under there, completely covered. I'm burying that old person. And now I'm coming out washed clean to live a brand new life. See, just like Jesus was raised from the dead, he had then a new life from the life that went into the tomb and we join him in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. When you ask Jesus to come in and forgive you, you did nothing to deserve God doing that. Now, we get that. You, while you were yet a sinner, He died for you. You did nothing to deserve Jesus coming in and forgiving you. His grace forgives you. His grace paid the debt that you and I owed. Now because of that, you die to yourself and then you bury that old sin nature. Of course, we don't keep an old sin nature embalmed sitting in a chair that we continue to have a relationship with. That thing's gone. You know, history shows us, and if you've read any of this, history shows us that right after the end of the Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation was delivered, freeing all of the slaves. and, And as that was read... Many of those that were slaves were obviously beside themselves, clapping and thrilled. And yes, we're free. But so many, the vast majority, would just turn back and went back to their homes and back to the place. Back to that, because that's what they did. That was the, yes, oh, I'm set free, I'm set free. Okay, well, in the morning, I get up and go do what I've always done. Verse 5 and 6. Well, let's read that. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin may lose its power in our lives. We no longer are slaves to sin. See, what we're doing right now in our daily life is trying to get free slaves to live free. See, I was a slave. I was a slave to my emotions. I've been set free. Now I'm trying to learn to live free. No longer control it. I want to bury that old person. Verse three, the word baptize. That word baptize, baptizo, it means to immerse. Another definition means to change the identity of. That word was used, I think this is interesting, baptizo was what a tailor did to cloth back in these days. When when wool was spun and you made the cloth out of it, it, the tailor would immerse that in a tank filled with dye. And it would change the color of the cloth. Now, what, what is important to understand about that process, unlike painting a wall, you go over and take your fingernail and you pull off that paint, you still see the, the color of the wall is right there. When a piece of cloth was baptized, when that process took place that dye went all the way through that cloth and you could not peel any layer back and see anything but red or blue or green. Whatever. It, it permeated that. That's the word that we're using when you are baptized. We, we don't take a paintbrush and just paint a, a little Christianity on you when you join him in baptism, that means it permeates you, it runs all the way through you, and on the outer, on the inner, all the way deep inside. See, we have been baptized, so we've been baptized, we join him in baptism, and that runs all the way through us. That's how we identify with Christ. All right, see that in the scripture. That's how we identify with Christ. There's a total change in our life all the way through us, verse six. I want you to make sure you pay attention to verse six. We know, verse six, look what it says. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We know. If you're taking notes, write the word "know" down and just draw a circle around it. When this goes off in you, it changes your whole life. Right. Exactly. It changes your whole life. Because when that goes off inside you, you begin to live on what you know, not on your feelings at the moment. We feel. Well, I feel. Well, from what I've read, I feel. I, look what it says in verse 6. It has nothing to do with your feelings and what you feel. We know. We know. And when your life moves from living on feelings to living on what you know, every part of your life changes. Every part of your life changes. I know. I know that I picked my wife. She picked me. We're in love with each other till death do us part. I know that. A lot of times my feelings come and go. Hers never do. See, when you know this is where I'm supposed to be in church, when you know this is where I'm supposed to give of my talents and abilities at this job, see, when you know these are my kids, see, when you know it takes your life to a new level of living that will support a happy, joy, blessable life. You move from living on feelings to living on what you know. Verse 7, we're free. We're free. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Get that. We were set free from the power of sin. And since we die with Christ, we No, we will also live with him and we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. But when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. He breaks the power of sin. This is what we call in studying the word positional truth. This is what you call positional positional truth. See, this isn't a feeling. This is not an emotion. Positionally, I have been changed from once being like this to now being like this. I am in a different position in my life. Now get this. Sin no longer has any power over you. What does that mean? That means that sin once had power over you 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 couldn't you you couldn't help it see you you couldn't help it well I, I I got mad so when I got mad under the power of my sin nature see when you get mad under the power of your sin nature your sin nature says let out a string of cuss words that's what you do you just, you, you don't think about it. You, you don't meditate on that. See, when you get mad, you hit something. You slap something. You go in and punch the door. See, why would you throw your fist into a wall? Because you're under the control of anger. That's why you do that. See, it has a power over you. Why would you get in your car and just stomp on it and burn rubber off of your tires that gonna cost a lot of money to put them back on there. Why'd you do that? I I, I couldn't I couldn't not do that. I just shaking so on the inside. I slammed the door. Wait, 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 why'd you slam the door? I couldn't not slam the door. See, everybody, don't act like you don't know exactly what I'm talking about. You and I have been under the power of sin. We know everything about it. I know firsthand about it. I can give you a black and white. I can give it to you in color. I know all about it. Why'd you quit your job? You don't have another one. And you got first of the month of bills coming. I'm sick this job. i out of Why'd you do that? I couldn't not do that. I was under the power of sin in my life. But look what he's saying. I am now no longer under the power of sin. Do I get mad? All the time. Still, I get mad. All the time, I get mad. But now, I can calmly respond. I don't have to slam a door like I used to. Now, I got mad, but I can calmly forgive somebody. I'm furious right now but I can let it go how do you do that because I'm no longer under the control of sin I just can't let it go well then get saved and die to yourself when you give your life to the lordship of Jesus then you can let it go how do you let that go it's, it's done by no longer being under the controlling power under the influence. You have a big financial hit. I, have you ever noticed that you don't ever just need new tires? You discover you need new tires the day the refrigerator goes out. And the same day that the refrigerator goes out, the deep freeze goes out. And the same day that that happens, the neighbor backed over your, What you know, it just, okay. I just took a big financial hit. Under the power of the sin nature, I have to stress out. That's my only response. I've got to bite my fingernails. I have to stress out. I have to freak out. I've got to worry. See, I'm no longer under that all of this just happened to me, but I can choose to be happy anyway. Amen. Why? Because I'm not controlled by that anymore. Yes, Jesus forgave us by his grace. We are saved. Now, let's bury that old nature and you live knowing that you're not under the control of sin. Now you're free. So don't go back into depression. Depression. Now you're free, you don't have to walk in anxiety. You don't have to, you're free from that. I don't, you, you, you don't have to get drunk. You don't have to do drugs. Let me just talk just for a quick minute. All of you men at Teen Challenge right now listening to me, we've got a Teen Challenge Center that is joining us live on, on uh, YouTube. And, and I just want to quickly speak to you guys. Give your heart to the Lord Jesus and then come to understand you die to that old nature you don't have to keep getting high. You don't have to keep going in a rehab center, out of a rehab center, back in a rehab center, out of a rehab center. You don't have to do that your whole life. The Lord Jesus can change your life. I want all of you men at Team Challenge to know we love you and we're praying for you. You bet. You allow the Lordship of Jesus to change your life. Let's go on verse seven. So, I'm at verse 11, I'm sorry. So consider, that word consider, that's a Greek word that means to take inventory of your position. Your serving sin is now voluntary. It's not mandatory. Your serving sin is voluntary. It's not mandatory. Your old nature wells up inside you and now... You can bury it and walk away from it, or you can give in to it. Verse 11, consider yourself. Take inventory of your position. I'm dead to the power of sin. I'm alive to God, and I choose happiness and joy today, not anger and bitterness. Thank you very much. See, I'm considering my position. Anger hits me, I consider my position. I am set free from the power of sin. It no longer dictates to me what I have to do. I consider that position and I choose not to be upset about this all day long. This is a game changer for you when you understand what happens in your life when you truly get saved. Being a Christian, that means... My anger no longer controls me. My mad no longer controls me. My greed, my lust, my mood no longer controls me. That old nature is no longer in control. You don't have to go get drunk. You don't have to go get high because that person is dead. I'm going to go through my day and I'm going to bury that old person. As a Christian who has died to the old self, You choose to be happy. Why? Because you can. Because you now can. Yes, I got mad, but I chose peace and joy. Yes, I'm very angry right now, but I choose happiness. Yes, I'm very upset, but I walk away from depression and I choose to have a good day. Why? Because I can. I am free. I am free. I'm no longer a slave to depression. I choose to have a great day. Now, these churches that are preaching live like you want to live because there's no condemnation. It's finished. Sin has been paid for. They've got to see this. Verse 12, do not let sin control the way you live. Now, we're going to have to preach that. In modern Christianity, we're going to have to preach this. In the original Aramaic and the original Greek language, do not is translated as do not. <laughs> Just make sure you get that translation there. Here's the problem. We begin with God through grace. Amen? Aren't you glad? We begin with God through grace but we don't realize it doesn't end there. That's the beginning with God is grace. Now, do we just continue to live in sin to see more grace? Of course not. Of course not. Because this, what we've been over, verse one through verse 14, because this is so vital, because this is so foundational, just in case you missed verse one through verse 14, let's go over all of this Word for word, again, verse 15. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. But now you must give yourselves to be slave to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You're now ashamed of the things you used to do that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves to God. So now, now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When you get God's plan of salvation, it changes your whole life. Y'all stand. Wow. God, tonight, we're, just, we're grateful for your grace. That while we were yet sinners, you paid a price that we couldn't pay. You brought us into a right standing with you. And you truly set us free from the enslavement to sin. Now, Lord, as we live daily in our life, we live as free people, no longer in bondage and no longer enslaved to sin, but we live our life set free from the power of sin and death and its destruction. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.